Hello fellow paranormal aficionados, welcome back to another episode of Haunted 518. Today I'm drinking something that I think I may have already cracked open in an earlier episode, but I had it in my fridge and it's delicious. There's a good chance that I have not, but there is a chance that I actually have drank this before. So it is Druthers Passion Fruit Double Dare, which is a sour ale ale brewed with fruit and spices and it's a whopping 8.5 percent alcohol by volume so um definitely delicious let me uh mm. oh that's so good it says a special version of a special version of our award-winning goze the dare the citrusy sweet perfume of passion fruit mingles with coriander and pleasing sour notes in this strong complex ale fermented with okay lactobacillus <laughs> lactobacillus as well as yeast to create refreshing tartness with a small dose of salt rounds out the flavors so um definitely delicious mm. That's great. I know I've had it before, but I don't know if I've had it on the, on the podcast before. So cheers either way. So today we're going to have a sh fairly short but sweet episode because I wanted to make sure I checked, like I've said in the past, every single, I've literally printed out an entire list uh, I found online of all townships, hamlets, uh, cities, everything in the 518, um, under the 518 area code. And I went one by one and I'm, I'm you know, I'm getting close to the end actually, which is kind of sad, but, um, Rouse's point, which is literally all the way in top, the topmost right-hand corner of New York. It's like a stone's throw from the Canadian border. Um, but I didn't think I'd find anything there and I found some cool stuff. But then I also found right across Lake Champagne, plain in uh, St. Albans, Vermont, um, some cool stuff. And they were close enough that I thought, um, and the stuff in St. Albans was a lot. So I thought it would be worth just doing an episode and including both of them. Um, if there wasn't a lake in between them, I would say you could probably get between the two in less than a half hour. Not even, but uh, because there's a lake in between, I'm not really sure how, how would the best way would be. I don't know uh, where the closest crossing is, but but yeah, so we're going to start with something that was rather kind of big, in my opinion, up in Rouse's Point that I didn't know about, and it's a fort, and it's Fort Montgomery, and it's actually referred to as Fort Blunder. So have you ever heard of Fort Montgomery? This fort, located in upstate New York near the Canadian border, has a fascinating history that may surprise you. Despite its impressive size and strategic location, it was dubbed Fort Blunder to, due to a series of unfortunate events during its construction and use. So, um, so the construction of it is goes as such. It stands as a testament to human perseverance and determination. This fortress was built during the War of 1812 with the primary objective of protecting American soil from British invasion. However, its construction faced various challenges that tested the patience and skills of those involved. One significant hurdle was funding issues. The project required a considerable amount of money to complete, which was not readily available at that time. Despite this obstacle, supporters were relentless in their efforts 
efforts to secure funds for the fort's completion. As such, they reached out to government officials and private investors who believed in their cause. Nonetheless, raising sufficient funds proved difficult, causing delays that further complicated an already challenging situation. Nevertheless, work continued until it reached completion despite these hurdles, but political disputes add more delays to the project timeline. Despite initial progress on, on the construction of Fort Montgomery, political infighting and funding problems plagued the project. The fort was being built during a time when tensions were high between two political factions in New York, the Bucktails and Clintonians. This, this rivalry led to delays in approving funds for the fort's completion. Furthermore, there were issues with contractors contractors hired to build the fort. Many of them lacked experience and proper equipment, which resulted in building mishaps and design flaws. These mistakes only added to the already rising costs of constructing Fort Montgomery. Despite these setbacks, however, work continued the fort as officials hoped that it would provide much needed protection against British invasion during times of war. The great feats of engineering from our ancestors, the marvels that still stand today are a testament to their ingenuity and hard work. However, not all buildings were created equal. <laughs> In fact, some were downright disasters waiting to happen. Such is the case with Fort Blunder. This, was, this fort was supposed to be a strategic military outpost during the mid-19th century, and it was built on an island in Lake Champlain between New York State and Quebec, Canada. Unfortunately, it turned out to be more of a liability than anything else. Building challenges plagued this project from the start. Poor planning, budget cuts, rushed construction times, all ingredients for disaster. Historical significance? That's debatable at best. Despite its impressive size and strategic location, Fort Montgomery's use as a military outpost was short-lived. The reasons for abandonment were multiple, the primary cause being the fact that the fort was built on Canadian soil rather than American territory. This made it vulnerable to British attack without any formal protection from the United States government. The impact of Fort Montgomery's hasty abandonment was felt throughout the local economy. Many businesses had been established in anticipation of an influx of soldiers and their families, but with no more need for provisions or services, they quickly went bankrupt. Additionally, construction workers who had been employed during the building process found themselves suddenly out of work. The unfortunate legacy of Fort Blunder is one marked by disappointment and missed opportunity, a reminder of what could have been if only better planning had taken place before construction began. As we look back on this chapter in history, it is clear that there are lessons to be learned about careful consideration before embarking on a large-scale project such as this one. So, um, it is interesting because it's it's definitely filled with a lot of, like, probably disappointing energy and sadness, I would imagine. So it's interesting to just hear about this massive undertaking. So as any amateur historian would know, Fort Montgomery is often referred to as Fort Blunder due to its historical significance. However, the origins of this moniker are not quite clear and have become somewhat of a local folklore. Some say it was due to the poor decision-making by those in charge during its construction, while others speculate that it was simply an unfortunate location choice. Despite the uncertainty surrounding its nickname, the legacy remains a topic of interest for many history enthusiasts. It's serves as a reminder of past mistakes and missteps made during times of war. 
The fort's failure highlights the importance of strategic planning and proper execution when building military defenses. Furthermore, it has become a symbol for perseverance. Even after such a catastrophic setback, efforts were still made to defend our nation against foreign threats. These lessons continue to be relevant today and will undoubtedly remain so for generations to come. So Major Joseph Gilbert Totten designed Fort Montgomery, which was built to defend against potential invaders coming from Canada. Um, And it's fascinating to consider how much time and effort went into constructing it, especially given its eventual fate as one of history's most infamous blunders. Despite its ultimate failure, we can still appreciate the skill and dedication of those who designed and built built Fort Montgomery so many years ago. Using innovative construction techniques, the total cost of building Fort Montgomery reached about $1 million, which was a significant amount for that time. This may seem like a paltry sum by today's standards, but considering that this fort was built in 1816 when wages were low and resources scarce, it was an impressive feat. While some may argue that this cost was too high or unjustifiable, one must remember that the security of our nation was at stake during this period. The importance of protecting our borders cannot be underestimated, especially during times of conflict and uncertainty. Um, And to answer the question, did any major battles or conflicts take place there? Um, And that's a question that many history enthusiasts ask, ask when they learn about the significance and legacy of this fort. The answer is yes, there was a significant battle fought there during its short lifespan. On October 6th, 1777, British loyalist and Hessian forces attacked Fort Montgomery and nearby Fort Clinton. Despite being overwhelmed, this battle cemented Fort Montgomery's legacy as a symbol of American bravery and determination. Um, So maybe you're asking, are there any surviving artifacts or relics from there? So it's given its infamous nickname. While it's true the fort was poorly designed and hastily constructed, resulting in failed defense during the 1812 Battle of Plattsburgh, there are still significant pieces of history to uncover. In fact, excavations in recent years have unearthed numerous items such as musket balls, buckles, and even fragments of artillery shells. These artifacts provide valuable insights into the daily life of the soldier station there and contribute to our understanding of the site's significance. Um, and have there been any recent interests or efforts to restore the fort? And they have been going on for years with various organizations and individuals working tirelessly to preserve the historical site. However, funding for the restoration has been a challenge with limited resources available to support such a large endeavor. Despite this obstacle, recent interest in the fort's significance have sparked renewed efforts to secure funding and bring attention to its importance as a cultural landmark. With continued dedication and investment from both public and private sectors, it is hoped that the fort will be restored to its formal, former glory and serve as a testament to our nation's rich history and many generations to come. However, it is unlikely to do to um, complete due to the massive costs involved. So Fort Montgomery, known as Fort Blunder, um, definitely interesting. And I just thought like something that important would be 
uh, interesting to talk about. And then another cool fact about it I, was I found this article and the first line says, how cool, it, cool would it be to own a historic 1800s military fort now abandoned that was used to guard the United States against British Canadian invaders? Well, here's your chance to be the owner of Fort Montgomery on Lake Champlain near Rouse's Point, New York for the low price of $995,000. It's a bargain. The history of the fort is quite unique and it was originally constructed in 1816 and gained the name Fort Blunder after it was found to have been built over the Canadian border. The fort was abandoned and the new fort was built in 1842. After the fort was decommissioned in 1926, it was pillaged by locals for the doors, windows, iron, lumber, and stone. In 1936, part of the fort was demolished and dumped into Lake Champlain to aid in the building of the bridge between New York and Vermont. So, it's on an island, but it's literally so close to Rouse's Point and mainland. It's crazy. Fort Montgomery Island Estates is an eight-acre paradise with an additional 86 acres of deeded land underwater surrounding the island. Miles of breathtaking views and quite in a quiet retreat nestled among one of the most pristine wildlife preserves along Lake Champlain in beautiful New York State. Um, and it includes... The island includes the remaining portion of the 1800s era Fort Montgomery. And um, Fort Montgomery on Lake Champlain is the second of two American forts built at the northernmost point of the American part of the lake. A first named fort, unnamed fort built on the same site in 1816 and then Fort Montgomery in 1884. Um, so it's definitely fascinating. And it was initially designed to be manned by a force of 800 men, but since the fort was never fully garrisoned and mainly took on a role as a military deterrent along the border. Contrary to local lore, however, although the fort never fired a shot in anger, this does not mean the fort was never armed. Um... In 1886 was when the fort was most heavily armed. It mounted 76 guns of its full 125-gun capacity, and most of these guns were mounted training northwards towards Canada. Although never placed in position, the two massive 15-inch cannons were present at the site for years on the parade ground, waiting to be mounted atop the wall. So, um, definitely interesting. In 1926, the U.S. government sold the fort along with its adjacent military reservation at a public auction. Um, after it was sold, it sat abandoned and townspeople came and stripped any usable parts they could taking uh, limestone blocks. And during the mid-1980s, the local historical societies tried to get the state of New York to purchase the property and fix it up as a historical site. And despite being the fort Despite being offered the fort at no cost, negotiations were unsuccessful and the state declined to accept the property. Um, many locals visited the fort, carting off, untold amount, carting off untold amounts of lumber, bricks, windows, and doors for their homes and other buildings. Looks like there's some graffiti now lining the fort. Um, ultimately, most of the fort, aside from the gutted westward-facing officers' quarters, a small portion of the southern wall and three bastions, it was demolished between 1936 and 7. Its massive stones were crushed and dumped into the lake um, for fill so they could go towards that bridge between Rouse's Point and Alberg, Vermont. So actually, probably between St. Albans and Rouse's Point is, is accessible and closer than I thought. So, um, the real estate listing calls the property, 
quote, world-class development with only eight home sites providing unobstructed and unbelievable wide lake views with unparalleled privacy. Excellent interval ownership opportunities offering a potential substantial return on investment, which is conservatively conservatively estimated at more than $15 million. Um, So that's wild. The original design of it had a moat around the fort with just a bridge to enter it. So I hope you guys enjoyed that. I didn't necessarily find, um, actually I may have, um, I don't think I necessarily found anything paranormal, but, um, but yeah, it's definitely a fascinating, fascinating, uh, history. And it's just something so big that I thought like, how could it not be something that I've never heard of? And, um, and I did find, so on Facebook, uh, under the Greater Adirondack Ghost Tour and Company, in parentheses, Plattsburgh, New York, um, they had a post that was um, their photo of the day back from June 27th in 2016, and it was a photo of the fort, and they gave all of the the details basically what I just went over they they um gave a summary of that but they said um experience more of north country's weird and haunting pasts on our weekly lantern fit lantern lit guided ghost tours so I wonder if um they actually go to this fort or talk about this fort on their tour so at our greater Adirondack Ghost and Tour Company up in Plattsburgh and then I had a couple, um, a couple of personal stories from Rouse's Point that I just wanted to, just wanted to talk about. So the first one is um, submitted by someone SBG, the initials. There are many in my house, many ghosts. I see the man dressed in black with a top hat, an old woman, a woman with a little girl, and a soldier. They don't bother us. It's just startled when we see them. Ugh. I could not deal with that. Uh, The next one submitted by Bobby. I had a strange occurrence here in Rouse's Point, New York on Saturday, May 15th at about 11 p.m. I was standing outside on my porch on Champlain Street. Then in the distance, I could hear the distant sound of multiple skateboards coming down the street. It sounded as if they were skating in circles, along with two, possibly three different children's voices saying, oh no, we're going to run out of gas. Better tell your dad. There, is that better? This was more of the voice of a teenager, possibly adult, followed by children's laughter. Only I heard the exact same conversation and skateboard sounds repeatedly at least 10 times, I'd say. Each time, the sound was getting progressively closer. There was no one and nothing in sight. So I decided to settle... I decided to settle on the fact that I'm just losing my mind and went back inside. And as soon as I sat down on my bed, I heard it again, all of it, extremely loud in my right ear. I need answers. Oh, poor Bobby. (laughs) Um, The next one submitted by Anonymous, and this says, 8 times State Street, 8x State Street is haunted. Man with kid walking around house. Seen he likes to bang on the walls at night. Um, the next one is submitted by DJB, the next one and last one. I lived in an apartment house next to the nursing home on Lake Street. The owners of the nursing home also owned this building. In this apartment, I'd seen many times a man dressed in black with a black top hat move through my apartment. Oh, that's 
crazy. Of course, I was scared, but he never spoke. Although my dishes would fall off the counter and I had a stand in the corner of the kitchen that would shake. Thinking about it now, I should have moved out sooner. Um, that's so crazy. And I think the person who wrote the other story said, I see that man in my house often. Does anyone know who it is? I'm on State Street. That's always so incredibly unsettling to me when the same image is seen by two different people who don't know each other, have a connection like geographical location, and they're both seeing it, and that fucking scares me so much. (laughs) Um, So I hope you enjoyed that. I just really thought Fort Montgomery or Fort Blunder, because of all the negative energy that might be there because of all of the failed efforts, and then also the fighting and its connection to that time period and, um, you know, the war... I, I would be surprised if there was an activity there or or some sort of energy. So I just thought that was a really cool thing to talk about. And it, of course, feels super haunted. Um, so that was great. And then St. Albans, which is just a stone's throw away, is just like littered with all these different locations. So I just thought we have to talk about this, even though it's outside of the 518. It's outside of the 518 by just barely maybe... I'd say 10 miles. So um, I think it was 16 miles from Rouse's Point. So maybe 15 miles away from the 518. Um, So the first one in St. Albans is the Barlow Street Schoolhouse. The Barlow Street Schoolhouse in St. Albans is said to be haunted by the ghost of a custodian who died in the basement. Unexplained cold spots are felt in the basement and disembodied voices are often heard. An apparition is also allegedly seen in the upstairs window. Additional research for this allegedly haunted location is currently in progress. Bellows Free Academy is the next one. Students at Bellows Free Academy in St. Albans report witnessing apparitions and some even report being tapped by an unseen entity. Um, The next one is Rublee Street, R-U-B-L-E-E. Rublee Street is allegedly haunted by a poltergeist. Eerie voices and footsteps are often heard, and many report allegedly being pushed or otherwise assaulted by the entity, the ghostly entity. Um, And then the next one is St. Albans Bay and the St. Albans Bay Ghost Ship. Locals and fishermen often claim to witness a ghost ship in St. Albans Bay in Vermont. The next is the back, I think it might be the last one, the back in time bed and breakfast. The back in, I-N-N, the back in time bed and breakfast. The back in time bed and breakfast was built in 1858. It is said to be haunted by several ghosts, including a young woman named Laura and an unidentified man who is allegedly seen in the inn's parlor. Many also report encountering the ghost of an older woman whose identity is unknown. So that's crazy and the another one i found was the weldon theater um this 1940s theater is believed to be haunted by an apparition of a man in a white sweater who has been seen by in the basement folks have um heard unexplained voices doors open and close on their own and a movie projector once started by itself some witnesses say that they have had uneasy feelings of being watched also and then i want to just double check but i think that might be it for our yeah for our saint albans rouse's point um 
little road trip between the two. So, yeah, that is it, my friends. Um, I know there's a lot in Vermont that we could talk about, but that might be for another day or another podcast. But I hope you enjoyed this little short but really sweet episode. And please, if you've been to that area, let us know. And I'm curious if anybody has any stories about um, Fort Montgomery in special, uh, um, in particular, any experiences. So, on that note, big cheers to all of you, to all my friends doing cool things in the paranormal community. I just wanted to send another little shout out to the Outcasts podcast, to Haunt and Gather podcast. I have friends with Grim Reaper Paranormal. I have so many friends at this point in this podcast that I'm feeling so grateful, um, and I'm in in uh, conversation with uh, a few guests, potential upcoming guests. I am in the process of planning a few uh, fun episodes where we have some people who have some awesome knowledge, experience, or just, um, you know, uh, different experience with paranormal things happening to them coming up. So really, really appreciative for everyone that listens and, um, and everyone that has joined the Haunted 518 community and, uh, yeah, just kind of super happy that everybody is, you know, willing to share with us because ultimately that's what this podcast is for, to, um, be a platform for everyone to tell their stories. So if you have a story, remember, don't forget to write in thehaunted518 at gmail.com. Send us a DM on Instagram, um, which is our Instagram is haunted518podcast. And yeah, just a big cheers to everyone and keep an eye out for some fun upcoming episodes. And I hope you enjoyed this one. So as always, happy haunting.